Hey, you like cars? Well, so do I. Take a seat real quick. You're listening to Car Quicks. So, a couple days ago, Faraday Future decided that they're going to release their new electric cars. Now, everybody knows that the electric car phase is coming. Like, like it or not, if you don't like electric cars, I don't know what to tell you. Get on board or get left behind, because that's what's going down. But regardless, I want to talk about the Faraday Future FF91. Now, off off the top... The name's terrible. I'm sorry. Faraday Future FF91 is not even that creative. Because FF was pulled from Faraday Future. And then 91 is probably something like the battery capacity or something. I don't know. Like, who are these groups that are naming these vehicles? Please call Carquicks. I got you. I got you. I promise. I got some better ideas in that. But here's the main point about this car. I saw a few YouTubers and a few people that I follow that just started talking about, hey, tune in for the Faraday Future announcement and the car coming out and the pricing. And I don't think they even knew what this car was going to cost. Because if they did, I want to know what demograph that they were trying to shoot for. Because these cars have outrageous price tags. So the standard FF91 starts at $249,000. And then there's the Futurist Alliance version. That's the trim level. It's $309,000. I want to have an honest conversation with some of these car companies. Who are these cars for? Now, I know. We live in a world where there are people that can afford a $300,000 car without any, without batting an eye. But those aren't the car people that keep a car company alive unless we're talking about very niche brands. And even then, those brands are really controlled by much bigger groups. Case in point, Bugatti. They only make cars that cost about $2 million a piece. So you're probably like, hey, if they can do it, so can Faraday Future. Uh, Bugatti is owned by the Volkswagen Group, okay? And they own a whole bunch of other car companies, including Lamborghini, which allows them to kind of spread out the love and spread out the cost of how much these cars are going to be. That way, you can have a $2 million Bugatti because you sell a $30,000 Golf. That's how the game is played. But electric car companies know that it's it's fair game. So Faraday Future FF91's out. You see it above my head. Let's be real here. This thing looks like a shuttle in Disney World if it was taking you to the Epcot Center. It doesn't look that great. It looks it looks okay. The rear 
where the taillights are, is probably the best looking feature of this car. But to me personally, it looks like a squashed up minivan. And I don't know when I when I would ever say to myself, hey, car quicks, guess what? You got $300,000 to blow on a car. Let's go buy a minivan. Nah. Now, interior-wise, you can see above my head. It looks cool. Front dash, screens, a little bit easy to get away with the cool-looking, futuristic look because OLED screens, curved screens, digital displays all have a very futuristic vibe and look. Soon enough, they're going to be pretty much standard. I mean, my GR Corolla has a digital dash. So, I mean, we're not talking about some mind-blowing technology here. The center console screen is kind of an afterthought. It's a tablet floating in the air, similar to what Mercedes-Benz put on the SL, the new SL convertible. So it's not... I'm not that moved. I'm not like, oh my goodness, this looks amazing. The steering wheel looks very cool though. Flat bottom, deep dish. The controls on the door that you see on the side here, nice controls. Now, the rear seat, now that is where probably most of the party's gonna be. As you can see, got those airline liner, airliner lounge type seats, you know, long, lean back. I'm sure it's massaging, ventilated, heated, cup holders, screens, storage, so on and so forth, right? They're aiming for the very high end. They're aiming for the Rolls Royces, Bentley owners, maybe even the Lucid Air owners. They're aiming for people that have been spending this type of car money for the car. But if the backseat is where I want to be, some of these stats to me don't really matter. So 0 to 60, as you know, they always talk about the 0 to 60, is 2.27 seconds, which is outrageous, okay? That's beyond supercar territory. It's hypercar territory. It has 1,000 horsepower in the electric motors, 1,458 foot-pounds of torque. I said this before. The electric car companies that are coming out are just getting, they get so caught up in these numbers. 1,000 horsepower, 1,500 foot-pounds of torque, 0 to 60, 2.6. I mean, cool. I get it. It's good for headlines, right? Headlines like seeing 1,000 horsepower or 1,500 foot-pounds of torque, or 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds. They like it. It's cool. It's a, it's a headline. It flashes above the screen, and you're like, what is that car? And then you see it. And I'm like, who is buying the SUV-ish minivan, shuttle van-looking futuristic car and cares about 0 to 60 in 2.2 seconds? And if my main goal is to be in the back seat where really is what you want as a driver, then here's what I would prefer. My own opinion. I'm not even buying a car, but I'm giving you my opinion, right? So deal with it. Zero to 60, five seconds, 1,000 mile range, or 500 or 600 or 700. The range on this one is 381, which is good. We're getting to that range where you know the four or 500 range where people can, force, can see themselves going a long distance. But if I'm going to be in the backseat or you're trying to make a luxury car, not that Bentleys and Rolls Royces don't have speed and performance with them. It doesn't have to be this far. Like I would say, hey, do zero to 60 in four seconds, but give me 600 miles of range. I'd rather have that trade off. I'm not trying to be in the backseat like this, like I'm taking off on a jet. And I'm saying, yo, this is this is amazing. Zero to 60 in 2.2 seconds. Driver, please do that again. Like, that's not what we're doing here. The price tag, 
to announce this car, I just don't even know who they're aiming at because I would always imagine if I was in this bracket of car, I don't really care about press events. You're going you're gonna to find me as a buyer and you're going to cater to what I want to do. And you're going to cater to what I want to have put in place. So some of these cars are just, just a little bit outrageous. But here's the most egregious thing that I found with this announcement of this car. It's, it's decent. I'm not moved. Like I said, I'm not moved. I'm like, hey, two, dollars $300,000. I mean, like, who are you talking to? It's not me. This isn't something that's reasonable. If I had that amount of money, I'm not buying a car company's first car. That's craziness. Now, the people that do buy it, they got money to blow. Okay, because I know that if I had $300,000 and you said, hey, there's a new car company, they're unproven, they've never made a car before, we don't know their infrastructure, and we don't know if they're going to be here in the future. It might be fair they passed. But give me $300,000. Nah, not happening. But here's the most egregious thing that I read. They have a service called AI Hypercar Plus. <laughs> yeah. I want y'all to remember these videos because. When you see me on the back of a Ducati racing past a bunch of robots, a.k.a. Will Smith, I, Robot, just remember what I told y'all. It's coming. So they have this AI assistant personalization, vehicle maintenance. It's some type of service. It's some internet service. Now, the fact that they said AI, it just tells me all I need to know. Data-driven collection, pulling, they're gathering information. I don't know where they're storing it. I don't even know their credentials about keeping that type of information secure, especially if you're talking about a concierge service, which is like, hey, I need you to deliver this to the car. I need this. I want you to take me here. That's a lot of information. Somebody gets that information, they can all of a sudden have a complete map about where you've been for the last six months, where you've driven, where you've gone, what your routes are, what your route is, what your routine is. And so when I see AI on anything, I know, it, one, it's a headline. But my question is, who is authorizing this type of headline? Who is giving these people the know-how to understand what, we is, what it is that we're giving them? What are we giving up? But you know what you are giving up because this is crazy. This service costs $14,900 per year. Fifteen grand, A little over $1,000 a month to have AI in the car. Listen, I don't know what to tell y'all. This don't even sound that crazy or that fire on paper. Two fifty to three hundred thousand, fifteen thousand dollar AI service. I mean, listen, I'm all for the crazy. I'm all for the exciting. So I'm gonna give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, a little bit, of, a little grain of salt on Faraday Futures Future. But this first announcement, the FF nine one one, get a better name. Two, let's start making electric cars for the masses that is not just Tesla. If we want to have competition, if we really are thinking about what the future is going to hold, if there's anybody out there starting these car companies, I'll tell you this. You make something under $40,000 that looks cool, that has range, that has a technology. It doesn't have to be a you know, trailblazer. It doesn't have to be a tech monster as far as what it does you're going to have a winner on your hands 
All you need is the infrastructure. All you need is something that is easy to develop, maintain, build, and to sell. But these $300,000 monster-type vehicles that just have everything to the roof, like I said, it's easy to charge this much money and say, look at all the stuff I can do. What it's hard to do is make a Model 3 that everybody wants. See, that's where it gets hard. When you can do that is when we can start talking about other companies coming into place. Because right now, I don't know about Faraday Future's future. It's not looking too great. Listen, 15000 for AI? Nah, y'all are wildin'. I would never. And if you're buying one of these cars and you got the money, I would tell you this. Don't put whatever AI system they have, don't be foolish. If you got $300,000, it means that you're doing something in your life that you probably want to keep some aspect of it private because you have a lot of means, you have a lot of assets, you probably want to keep things private. And the last thing you want is to give a brand new company your information because they want to tell you if Starbucks is open or not. Don't do it.